0: You're listening to the Snake Sports Talk Show podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jake the Snake, and welcome to the Snake Sports Talk Show. Be sure to catch me on all my social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube channel just by searching the search bar, Snake Sports Talk Show. All right, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Snake Sports Talk Show, wherever and however. You may be listening to me today we are live in Las Vegas. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is where you can catch me. Also, YouTube channel. Catch me on IGTV and IG Live. Um, that's some interesting stuff to talk about here. The XFL has officially arrived. Um, I'm very excited about it. Um, and also, we've got our UFC fight as well. Um, John Bones Jones will be taking on Dominic Reyes for the light heavyweight title. Um, I want to talk about a few things here. We also had the NBA trade deadline on Thursday. So I want to shift to this. Uh, so some interesting moves around the NBA and a lot of them. I really did like, I was very impressed with some of the moves that some of the organizations um, managed well with. Um, There were a couple of things I broke down. Uh, So let's start from the very beginning. Okay, um, let's talk about Clint Capella going to the Atlanta Hawks. First and foremost, I can't begin to tell you what the identity is for the Houston Rockets. Okay, since getting Russell Westbrook It hasn't helped anything with what Houston is trying to do. I can tell you this. In my honesty, I trust more of James Harden than I do of Russell Westbrook. And Clint Capella, here's what's intriguing. Three years ago, when he first stepped into the NBA, the Houston Rockets, the front office, absolutely loved this kid. I remember seeing him... Um, In one of the games, it was like a primetime game against the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron was there. And one of the, the plays that absolutely caught my attention about Clint Capella was the block he made on LeBron James. I started to turn around and I looked. I said, who is this kid? Now, granted, he's not special, but he's got something. He's got some good talent. And I think that the Atlanta Hawks... Um, I think are going to be very successful with this youth movement. Uh, Trey Young, young player, great shooter. Um, I think Clint Capella will work with this well. Because Clint Capella is the kind of guy that will give you rebounds, important uh, shots, if in case Trey Young seems to miss a three-pointer, he's going to give you a second-chance shot. And he's also going to be a really good routine blocker around the rim. But when I look at the Houston Rockets today, I don't know what their identity is. And let me give it to you this way. Russell Westbrook is dead last in three-point shots. And James Harden is the only player who's taking a lot of the workload just by making the important three shots he needs um, to keep the team in place. I mean, my God. And the thing of it is, Russell Westbrook, the only thing I could tell you that I've said for months now about him, he's hard to play with. He's hard to play with. The contract, I think, is ridiculous. Um, And Houston, I believe, is trapped, which is why Clint Capella was traded in the first place. It's not the fact that Clint Capella can't play, and it's not the fact that he doesn't fit in the system. It's just the fact that Russell Westbrook's contract is too much for their salary. Now they're trapped. They have no idea where they're going to be going. I don't know what their identity is up to this point. Uh, But, you know, Houston, I I, like I said, I trust more of James Harden. Okay, he has moments where, you know, crucial games, he can't make the important shots. I've seen this multiple times in season and also in the playoffs. But I'm going to guarantee you that if you watch the Rockets without Clint Capella and it's only James Harden and Russell Westbrook, good luck against guys like uh, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, um, even Montrez Harrell and the Clippers, because they're going to be all up in your face. And, okay, look, they got a lucky break against the Los Angeles Lakers. Don't kid yourself, folks. I'm telling you, you're not going to go into the playoffs without a great center there, and guys like Anthony Davis is gonna be all up over, over your face. It's just I, I don't know what their identity is. It's it it's sad, and I think honestly, this is too much ISO ball. The late Kobe Bryant made it clear, and he made this point about James Harden and the Rockets. The more you play ISO ball, the more you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of different blocks. You're going to be there are opponents that are going to be in your face and you're just not going to manage it well. It's too much pressure. Absolutely too much pressure. So I don't know. I I, I don't know what the Rockets identity is. It's too hard for me to to think about this. All right, let me shift to this. So there were teams that I thought that was interesting uh, with the trades. The, one that's, the ones that I really liked, I love the Clippers getting Marcus Mo, uh, Marcus Morris from the New York Knicks. I think this adds more attitude, and I think this also adds a little bit more intensity uh, for the roster as a whole. Because you think of Marcus Mo, uh, Morris in there, I think it will fit well with guys like Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard. I think it's absolutely, I, I, I think it's the best piece. And I think it's created depth for the Clippers to move through in the playoffs. Um, another trade that I thought was really, really good was D'Angelo Russell going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let me make a point about this because everybody has been talking to me about Golden State for the past six, seven months. Um, I think it all the dynasty's over. Look, the dynasty took a hit. Okay, injuries is what killed the Warriors' chances of possibly going for a three-peat. And the Toronto Raptors, and Kawhi Leonard showed you, too, what he's capable of, what kind of player that he is, and he his team around him, these were young guys, none of which I, I've ever even heard of. Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, these guys were amazing. And they played great defense. They also made important key shots that kept the Raptors in the playoffs. They pushed Giannis and the Bucs around, and they won an NBA title. But let me make it clear about the Golden State Warriors. Because the owner and the general manager, Bob, you know, Bob Myers, they're not idiots. Okay, so when they got D'Angelo Russell, people were going like, oh, he's not gonna he's not gonna fit in a goal to say system, I and why did they even pick him up? And, there's a reason why that they picked him up. Steph Curry's hurt. Clay Thompson's injured. And you're not gonna trust Draymond Green to be your superior scorer when we all know that he's under the nickname Sir Fowls a lot. Okay, that's what I've always um, that's what I've always reminded myself of, was that. But let me make this clear. Okay, in the Timberwolves' situation, Andrew Wiggins, since his rookie year, he has not transitioned his game. He has not risen to the point where he can be a potential superstar. He can help out this organization in Minnesota. It just has not worked well. And it took Minnesota this long to figure that out and to finally just get rid of him, go to a different place than where he can finally be able to work his game at and extend to a higher level. And they're getting a really good player in D'Angelo Russell. Now, granted, he's not like what I would say like Kawhi Leonard or James Harden or a Giannis or LeBron, but he's Good enough to where he can elevate this organization. And also, he plays with his best friend, um, Carl Anthony Towns. So, Minnesota won in this trade, and so did Golden State. Let me tell you why Golden State also has a piece of this. They got draft picks. They got Andrew Wiggins. And I think when... Steph Curry and Klay Thompson come back and they're 110% healthy and so is Draymond Green I think Golden State will be back in the playoffs next year will it be significantly larger like it was when they had Kevin Durant probably not but these draft picks are absolutely important because if you looked at Golden State's bench they never had one they used to before Kevin Durant came into the picture They didn't even have a a, a capable center. They had a guy like Zaza Pachulia, which I didn't really trust. And I don't think they really cared as much. But the draft pick that they can use, they can get a real good shooter coming off the bench, get them to learn from guys like Stephen Clay, and even with Steve Kerr. And they could also help to elevate their game for the next two, three years. So Golden State is not idiots. Okay, they worked this trade well. And Minnesota finally gets what they want. They get D'Angelo Russell. They get somebody who's a capable and also a consistent shooter and a consistent playmaker. And it helps to, to build Minnesota's potential. Because I'll be honest with you, when they had Andrew Wiggins, it's cost guys like Kevin Love. It's cost guys like Jimmy Butler. And it's cost guys like Jeff Teague. And you can't say that all of this was on Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau, when being in Chicago, when I watched him coach there, his methods were great. Defensive playmaking guy. And Jimmy Butler's familiar with the system. I thought Minnesota, for sure, was going to end up making the playoffs. But then the truth came out. Andrew Wiggins doesn't work in the system. So it was time for him to be departed. And I think that this was the right move. I think this was a win-win on both sides for Golden State and for Minnesota. Um, Other trades as well. Um, I mean, the only trade, really, that I can shrug my shoulders and say, who cares, was the Andre Drummond um, acquisition from Detroit to go to Cleveland. Who cares? I mean, really, Cleveland is in a position where they're in rebuild mode. I mean, they're not going anywhere. They have to start literally from scratch. Um, You know, there's one team that's really started to climb up in my Eastern Conference um, standings is the Miami Heat. I think they've rose up from where I had them fifth, sixth, into now a top three Eastern Conference team. Because my top three are the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, and now the Miami Heat. This Heat team's interesting. When they signed um well when they acquired Jimmy Butler um I was very surprised. Now again, I think they were getting a really good uh natural scoring shooter. He does have a little bit of, you know, he, he he's the kind of person that he's not not tough to play with, but he's the guy that's hard-headed and he'll sometimes go to his teammates and will basically say you need to play better than that. Okay, so he doesn't usually like to teach young guys. But Miami's got something special. And here's what's interesting too. This took six years since LeBron's departure from Miami to go to Cleveland and now in Los Angeles to make this a legit team. And I said this in the past. I think if there's any coach that has been successful with LeBron is Eric Spolstra. Everybody else, they all came and then they gone. Both Cleveland, um, both times when he started his career, when he came back to Cleveland, and even when he's in Los Angeles. And now he's got another coach in Frank Vogel, which we'll see exactly how that works out. Um, but Eric Spolstra was able to keep his job in Miami. Okay, and Pat Riley he's been the mover and the shaker. He could have easily like parted ways with Eric Spolstra, but instead, six years later, this process started to move into a direction where I think Miami's interesting. Kendrick Nunn's a really good young talent. Um, Chris Silva, he's something interesting. And they add in Andre Igudala which, by the way, folks, Andre Igudala, He's not as special as he used to be. But I can make the argument that with his veteran presence can turn this team around and could possibly be a legit um, contender in the Eastern Conference. But I don't think they're going to get past teams like Boston or Milwaukee. I have them favored as the Eastern Conference uh, final matchup. But this team's interesting enough that I think they can be able to get to the second round. Um, because, look, let's be honest. Philadelphia, I don't know what this process is, but it's not working with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, okay? Embiid, he has his own ways of playing his position, and these are two tall guys. The thing of it is they can't play well together. Ben Simmons can't even make a three-point shot, but his three-point shots are better than Russell Westbrook's, but he he, he can't make them. He's like Westbrook, but he only has maybe a slight percentage over him with three-point shots. But it, 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 it's going to be interesting for the rest of the season, but I was very excited of how the, the trade deadline um, came out. I think it's exciting. I think now we're going to see a lot of teams start to elevate, uh, especially teams in the Western Conference. But I could tell you right now, if there are teams I, I look out for after this trade, it's going to be um, the Clippers, um, the Heat. There's also a little of me says uh, Minnesota. Little of me says Minnesota. But for the rest of the squads that didn't end up making any trades, that was Utah, that was Dallas, that was um, Milwaukee. We'll see how it goes. And there's one thing I wanted to point out too. Um, If there was one player that I would have loved to have seen get traded out um, and into a better environment with a better organization, I think it would have been Kevin Love. Since he came to Cleveland, okay, and he came with guys like LeBron um, and Kyrie, but ever since both their departures and everybody had been gone and it became a clean slate, What's the point of Kevin Love being in Cleveland anymore? Okay, he's already won a championship in 2016. I think his value is still appreciated. Now, some people may not think that. Maybe a little underappreciated. But I think his services could be good elsewhere. But the only problem of it is we're in a league now that tall guys usually sometimes centers. And I may be wrong. It's not it's not being uh transitioned into their game anymore. Not like how it used to when we were excited for guys like Shaq and like Yao. Um, I think there's only like him, Taco Fall, Montres Harrell, and I think Clint Capella. Those are the, probably the only guys that I would trust as being like my rim protectors and my important shooters when I need it. But the game has transitioned so quickly that now it's become the Shooters League. And Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, James Harden, um, Damian Lillard, even LeBron James, each of these guys, they all learned the three-point shot. And that's what this game has transitioned to. But it's hard enough for guys like Kevin Love to at least get a gig elsewhere, um, but I still think that Clint Capella, honestly, is going to thrive in Atlanta's system. It's still in rebuild mode, but I think this puppy is going to work for years. Coming up here on this podcast, um, I'm going to be explaining a little bit more about the NFL free agency and kind of just digging in deep of where I think some of these guys are going to go. Because, um, there, like I said, there are a lot of speculations. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers awful lot of guys. And I'm going to have that coming up. And also I'll be talking a little bit more, um, about, uh, major league baseball. Um, uh, cause I think for those of you, um, on the social media platform on Instagram, I would encourage you guys to check out MLB network and check out the, um, this, there's a documentary that's out. Um, Tom Verducci, who's probably one of the great writers and great analysts in MLB Network, sits down with ex-Astros manager A.J. Hinch and starts talking about the MLB sign-stealing scandal um, that was investigated in the last three months, Um, and of course, there are going to be more interviews, but if you check it out, it's a three-part series, I thought it was interesting, and I thought it was great, because... A.J. Hinch, after going through this entire process, I don't even know how he even dealt with all that. But I will tell you this, that my vision of baseball and the way that the game should be respected and played, I think it's changed. And it has changed forever, and I think it'll change for a long time. That'll all come up right after this on the Snake Sports Talk Show podcast. You're listening to the Snake Sports Talk Show on the Snake Sports Talk Show podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to the YouTube channel under Snake Sports Talk Show. AJ, I'm going to ask you a question that every fan, I think, has asked since this story broke. It's more difficult for you because it's way more meaningful. The Astros won the World Series in 2017. Based on what we know now, what we know from the commissioner's investigation, is that championship tainted? It's a fair question, and people are going to have to draw their own conclusions. Unfortunately, we opened that door um, as a group, and and that question I may never be answered. We may never know, um, and we're going to have to to live and move forward and be be, be better um, better in the sport, but. Um, Unfortunately, no one can really answer that question. I, I can't pinpoint what advantages or what, what, what happened or what um, exactly would have happened otherwise. Um, but we did it to ourselves. So that there was a skid on the um, investigation interview between Tom Ferducci and former manager A.J. Hinch of the Houston Astros. Um it's a really really good four-part series. I would encourage you guys to go and check out MLB Network's um social media page on Instagram and check it out. It's a three-part series. I think you guys would like it. Um it, it really does break out so much of you know what has changed in this game and what could be very um dangerous and the consequences involved. Um, with the sign stealing scandal, um, it, it, it's great. I would encourage you guys to go and check it out, um, and see what you guys think, like comment and, uh, share me your thoughts on it. Um, okay. So, um, <clears throat> since I was talking about the NFL, um, free agents and there are 10 of them that I'm going to go through, um, each of them are very, very talented, um, There are some that we know can be a guarantee, some of them I think that we might love to see elsewhere, just kind of fantasizing about it. Um, So each of these 10, we're going to give three teams that are really, really good possible destinations. So basically the top 10 free agents here on this list is Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Jadavion Clowney, Amari Cooper, Chris Jones, Byron Jones, um, Brandon Scherf, and AJ Green. And uh, each of them that we're going to match just based upon their contracts and the places that I think that would be fit um, and could bring big potential So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with this list. All right, so the first guy that we've got here on the free agent list is Dak Prescott. Uh, First and foremost, we know that we've heard reports about the Dallas Cowboys are going to franchise tag quarterback Dak Prescott, which I think is smart because honestly, if you're going to pay... $37 $37 million a year to a guy that I have no idea is going to be my franchise quarterback for the next five years. Um, first of all, Dak Prescott since coming into the league, um, he, he needs a lot of support. That's why guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper and even Jason Witten, they all elevated his game. So, If there was a destination that fits just fine um I think he goes back into Dallas because the thing of it is he is probably one of the best guys I've ever seen um when he's on a podium and if the Dallas Cowboys win or lose he he knows how to answer every question all the pressures on him and um I think if we had to think of anywhere else that uh you know better destinations that work um I I can't find anything, honestly. I think the only perfect destination would be Dallas because I just don't think that Dallas would want to end up getting rid of Dak Prescott, but they're not going to pay him all this money. Uh, Tom Brady. Listen, all the reports on him, they don't even know if he's going back to New England. Some people would think he is, and it is a hard situation just to walk away from New England easily. Um... But Tom Brady, I think, if I had to think of ideal destination, a lot of reports have been saying that the Chargers are aggressively looking to sign uh, Tom Brady and they're looking to pay him the money he wants. Listen, I've I've had an article about this, and I've also had a post about this, that give Tom Brady two years, they've got all the weapons in the world, they've got a great defense— offensive line needs a lot of work and they've got a a a head coach that i think is is very motivating um and if i had to think of other destinations for tom brady some people would say dallas if in case this dak prescott thing don't work it's the same as the chargers he's got weapons he's got defense he's also got a good coach in mike mccarthy so uh, you know anything can go up to this point um, but I think those would be ideal destinations. Uh, Drew Brees. So this is going to be an interesting question for New Orleans fans is if he comes back. Does he? Um, some people do say he's going to come back as a New Orleans fan. Um And I, I would believe that because he changed the culture, and since being traded from San Diego to New Orleans, he's completely made his own story, and there is nothing like Drew Brees. So I think he stays in New Orleans. If I had to think of other destinations, I would think that the Chargers, and I'm only just kind of having fun with this, but what if the Chargers sweetened the deal and said, Drew, we made a mistake to let you go, but we've got weapons, we're fixing the offensive line, we're, we we want to win, and we realize we made a big mistake. But, of course, that may tick some people off about Phillip Rivers, but I think that would be an interesting destination for Drew Brees uh, for sure. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I think Tannehill, honestly, the only destination I can think of is Tennessee. They're going to franchise tag him, which I think sh- they should because he's not the quarterback of the future. He's had opportunities. He was broken down up in uh, in Miami. Miami was not the smart organization either, um, so it was hard for a guy like Tannehill to really produce. So I think Tennessee—he works with Mike Vrabel. I think they've got some interesting offensive pieces, and the defense um, is slowly but surely starting to progress to be an, a, a really good one. Um, give Mike Vrabel time; I think he'll he'll shift this up. Uh, Jadavian Clowney. Uh, so this is an interesting guy. Uh, he's a very good uh, defensive end. We knew Seattle was going to get a guy like this. Uh, they needed some help on, um, you know, on the outside defensive spots because they don't have a pass rusher anymore. They let Frank Clark go to uh, to Kansas City, and he wins a Super Bowl with them. Um, so, uh, you know, knowing Pete Carroll, I think. He may try to convince Seattle to keeping Jadeve and Clowney, but if I had to think of anywhere else that they could possibly use a pass rusher like him, um, I, I, I would roll my dice and think that the Indianapolis Colts would be an interesting place. Um, Darius Leonard, we know, is a really good and young linebacker, and I think having him and Clowney together uh, would fit this. So I, I truly think that that would be an interesting place. And ninja think J. David Clowney would be great. Uh, Amari Cooper. Now, well, a lot of people have been talking about Amari Cooper now for uh, the past couple of weeks. Now, parts of me wants to say he's going to go back to Dallas. Jerry Jones is going to pay him good money. Because if you're going to franchise tag Dak Prescott, you might as well get a good contract for Amari Cooper and keep him. Um, if there's another place that I think people would love to see him in, I think a lot of people are fighting for him to go to New England. If to keep Tom Brady there, you better get him weapons. I think New England would be the ideal destination, and I think it would be great to see him there, and hopefully Tom will get to what he wants. All right, so I've got at least the six, um, and I think each of them are very, very interesting. Um And I think each of them very much possess a lot of value. Um, But again, I love having fun with stuff like this. And I think some of those uh, players, those top sixes right there, um, would be great, ideal destinations. I always look for um, what the best places fit for, um, for those guys. This is offense. This is defense. This is head coach, and some of this is also front office. Um, I know a lot of people are hoping that Tom Brady retires or leaves, but it's hard to leave a organization like that that has been so great, and it's all you've ever known. Um, Drew Brees, I, I just don't see him leaving New Orleans. After reshaping that culture, After Hurricane Katrina, he's been like not their savior, but he's been the guy that's revived um, the city of of New Orleans. They gave him something to believe in. They won a Super Bowl, and he's been the absolute mark of it all. I think it would be impossible to leave something like this. Um, Amari Cooper, I know, is going to be a big target in free agency because the fact of the matter is he leaves Oakland to go to Dallas and Dak Prescott becomes a completely different quarterback. He gains his confidence, but the other issue with Dallas is was just their head coaching job was not great and it really hurt their chances. So I think that now having Mike McCarthy there might change some sense. Um, I, 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 I would tell you right now that I think if Dak Prescott was talking to Amari Cooper, he would try to convince him to stay. Because of the fact that he's elevated his game and he's been one of his important targets. Because you're not going to... If Amari Cooper leaves right now, are you telling me you're going to put all of your trust in Michael Gallup or Randall Cobb? I mean, he's their only top-notch receiver. I think it would be dumb for Jerry Jones to just whiff on this kind of deal, not pay him at least a good substantial amount of money. Because if you're going to franchise tag um, Dak Prescott anyway, you might as well use the money wisely. And then when worse comes to show, if Dak Prescott actually does, does well next year, then you will reconsider. But if he doesn't, you didn't lose any of your offensive pieces. You just now need to change quarterback um and the other thing of it is as well um you know Dallas just like i said i think now with the head coaching job this is going to shift Dallas now and hopefully they'll i just hope that they, because this past year was supposed to be a 13 win team i looked at the whole um schedule from top to bottom and i I just don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to them. But the other thing is too, and seeing Tom Brady leave New England and go to the Chargers, you're moving into a new stadium, you get two years on that deal, um, and he'll finally get his $30 million worth. But the other thing of it is too, and the Chargers, I'm sure, are looking at this. I put this on a post and on an article, you get two years out of Tom Brady. Then he can finally retire. Because it's, all it is is it's just shaping his legacy. It's shaping his his career. Um, And you have the number six pick. So to me, that number six pick is going to be used on a quarterback. And if you're lucky enough, you might actually get another pick to try to get an offensive line because you need to shape it. Um, the other thing, if they have enough money in the cap, if they could try to at least get a free agent offensive tackle somewhere because they need help in that. And and Russell Okung had suffered a lo- a bunch of injuries, not to mention too he he was out for quite some time, so it's kind of hurt their offensive line. Um, I think if that they, if they manage this well, um, we could potentially see the Chargers um, win more games than what we thought last year, um, and I think they could be an absolute potential. But you're also in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Drew Locke, Derek Carr, and probably one of the best pass rushers in that division. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, uh, Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. Alrighty, guys. So um, this is going to wrap up my podcast show. And by the way, I'm going to have lots of ideas. Um, I think it's going to be fun, exciting. I'm so glad to finally be able to do this with you guys. Um, And I just want to give you a little bit of something here on this podcast. Um, Me, I was born and raised here in Vegas. Um... Growing up all my life, all I lived and breathed for was sports, mostly baseball. Um, my family, they're diehard baseball fans. We're also hockey fans. We love our hometown team, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and I'll be able to talk about hockey as well come the next couple of episodes. And I'm hoping to at least do this um, on every weekend. Saturday Sunday and because the thing of it is I also work at a job as well and it's hard to really kind of organize and piece things together on and scheduling it it's tough it's difficult but it's not to say it's not manageable um but I've loved watching and playing sports um I've loved covering it because honestly like my mindset has always been analytics and statistics, but also I trust my eyes and I trust my guts with certain things. Um, just because a stat can tell me one thing doesn't mean that it can't show me another. Um, but I'm very excited for this. I'm I i like. I'm hoping that at some point this will grow into something very, very special. And I would love to grow it with all of you. Um, check out my... Um, My social media platforms, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and I will also have my YouTube podcast channel. Um, You can subscribe to that. Um, Like, follow, comment on all of my posts. I post daily on every single transaction, hires, um, both trades, signings, everything, um, of all major sports. Um, I will have a lot of big-time breakdowns. Um, and if you guys have any questions, feel free to comment. Let me know what your thoughts are. Um, I thought this was great. I think this was a great start. Um, and this is something special. This is absolutely something special and we're only getting started guys. So thank you guys so much for, uh, tuning in and listening and, um, hope to catch you guys, uh, on the next podcast. Uh, I may be able to do one tomorrow. Uh, So catch me on Sunday. I will have that all together for you guys. Can't wait. I hope you guys have a great Saturday. Take care of yourselves and be safe.